Welcome to Shine, a child and youth development podcast brought to you by Catalyst Family Inc. I am Valerie Kelly, and with me is my co-host, Ali Ladio. If you are a parent, teacher, or work in a childcare setting, our podcast is for you. On Shine, we interview experts in child and youth development, share helpful parenting resources and advice, and provide you with inspiring stories, as well as practical advice for supporting your family, community, classroom, and beyond. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Shine, inspiring conversations around children, family, and early child development. This podcast is presented to you by Catalyst Family Inc., parent company of Catalyst Kids. Catalyst is the largest nonprofit childcare organization in California, and we encourage children's unique development through play-based learning, support busy families through quality care, and strengthen communities by providing a safe place for every child to thrive, offering daycares, preschools, and after-school programs, camps, and beyond. Find us at catalystkids.org. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Carolina Fonseca Jimenez, a children's book author of Lupita and the Magic of Mexico and Lupita and Her Magical Dreams, available in both English and in Spanish on Amazon. In writing these books, she learned that love has no borders and that stories can unite us in a magical way. Carolina's passion is to inspire those around her by example, and her mission is to provide guidance with dreams and nightmares. She is currently wrapping up her first dream book geared towards adults. To learn more and to connect with Carolina, be sure to visit the show notes after the episode. Thank you, Carolina, so much for joining us today as we dive into the world of dreams and learn more about families and how they can support their children on their own dream journey. And you're also a children's book author, and we'd love to dive into that. Absolutely, Val. Well, first and foremost, let me just say that it's a pleasure to be on here with both you and Allie. Uh, I appreciate the invite. Yeah, we're so uh, we're so grateful to have you. Uh, I'm really excited um, to get started. So, um, can you start off by telling us about yourself and how the idea for both your books, The Magic of Mexico and Lupita and Her Magical Dreams, came to fruition? Absolutely. So, it's been quite a journey, to be honest with you. And really, uh, the book came about during a very difficult time in my life. So. I wasn't really certain what I was going to do at that point. There were so many different decisions to be made with my career, with my family, all of those things like many of us go through. And really, it was a moment where I just opened up my computer and I said, you know what, I'm just going to write something. And as soon as I sat down, the idea, the title Lupita and the Magic of Mexico came to my mind. And I remember just typing it in and I didn't know it was going to be a book, but I knew that it felt really beautiful to me when that title came. So like, like a lot of people, you know, I kind of set that to the side and I kept stressing about life in general. And then there came another moment where I needed to get back to the computer and I opened up that same document and the whole book just presented itself before me. I started slowly writing little by little. And when I was done writing, I realized that this book was a reflection of healing some of the family issues that we had. So let me give you a little bit of a backstory with that. So I was brought to the United States at two years old from Mexico. And because of that, I didn't get a chance to really connect with my grandmother, my grandfather, or my family. So really, when I was going through those tough times, the title of the book and that short children's book that came to me 
was really a healing process. And it brought the story of Lupita to me. And what it is, it's just a beautiful story about unity, about the unity of family and celebrating loved ones who have passed away. And in this case, it's Lupita's grandfather who passes away. And so the family is uniting through this experience and just exploring how beautiful it is to unite families, you know, regardless of borders, regardless of being separate from one another. So that was the first, the first book. And I'll tell you something, when, when I wrote this book and I started sharing it, I was in one of the classrooms and one of the children asked me, you know, what, uh, what inspired you to write this book? And I told them, like, I'm telling you here that there wasn't really inspiration. It was more the need for healing. And this children's book did that for me. And now one of the other things that happened to help me write the next book, Lupita and her magical dreams was actually through a conversation with a child. We were visiting various schools for the first book. And as I was visiting schools, there's a part in this book, if you read it, where Lupita's in a parade and she comes across the day of the dead parade and children are asking, you know, is this like Halloween or is this different? So I explained to the kids how it's different than Halloween and that with day of the dead, you're essentially celebrating those loved ones who have passed away. You're celebrating their lives. And one of the children in the classroom was asking me about that. And he said, you know what? I always dream about my abuelita. And one of them started sharing one of the nightmares that they had. So folks started talking about dreams. And because that conversation came up, I started realizing that this was something that maybe kids were interested in because they weren't always asked about dreams. So when they saw that I was genuinely interested to hear more about their dreams and their nightmares, that's really what sparked the next book, Lupita and Her Magical Dreams. And, you know, the reason that it's in a children's format is because I think it's so important for for children and for parents to realize that whenever a child does have a dream, especially if it's a nightmare, oftentimes it's just, you know, highlighting some of those things that are going on in waking state that maybe the child hasn't dealt with yet. So dreams are a really powerful tool that we can use as parents, that we can use as aunts and uncles and helping our children understand what they mean. So really... Uh, that's how the second book came about. And we'll now like you know, Val, we just enjoy so much reading this book to children and to families. And one of the things that I found that is just so rewarding with both of these books is that it does invite uh, families to come together to read this book together and just realize that there's so many wonderful questions that come about from the first book because the first book talks about the family unity and Day of the Dead. So that is a really beautiful book for celebration. But then also for the second book, because you start seeing that families will start questioning their dreams and explore their dreams together. So we've seen a lot of great conversations coming from both of those books. But I hope that answers your question. I feel like I've, I've been sharing a little bit uh, much with this, but let me know if I if I need to cover it further for you. Well, no, that's perfect. And I really love that. And I was actually really inspired to bring you on to our podcast because we actually have a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking families in uh, communities, uh, especially in our Southern California region. We have um, folks who are um, from the mixed tech background. They don't have a uh, a written language. It's only spoken. So I know a lot of them rely on our YouTube videos or our podcasts. um, And it's definitely helpful for them. And I think that a lot of families and children would be able to relate to um, the story of the magic of Mexico in Lupita and her magical dreams. So 
I'm really excited about that. And I, I love hearing your, your story about that. Um, and what kind of lessons do you think uh, children and families um, should take with them after reading these books? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, you know, one of the things that I love about these books is that there are so many lessons within the book. You know, you'll notice that there are so many layers to it. So, for example, Lupita and the Magic of Mexico, it's really neat because in the story, Lupita is trying to look for the magic of Mexico. So she's exploring Mexico with her mom and her mom is telling her there's so many magical things, Lupita, you know, you're sure to find something. And Lupita doesn't believe her. She's like, mom, there's no such thing as magic. I don't know what you're talking about. But within this story, she sees all of these amazing magical things. But at the end of the book, she realizes that, you know, aside from the beautiful toys that she saw, the fun games, the parade, all of that, the most important, the most magical thing that she finds was celebrating her grandfather's life with her family. And that's something that that so many of us, you know, can take as a lesson. So much of the time, we're so focused on all of these external things, you know, uh, making sure that we meet our goals, making sure, um, you know, that we're doing well with work and all of those things. And of course, those things are valid and important, but sometimes we need to pause and just be thankful for the family that is with us. And, you know, a lesson too that, um, that I think is important with this particular book is it highlights the significance of family unity. And as you know, sometimes we hear stories of, of families being separated, right? And this story really brings some love to that. And it encourages other people to understand the Mexican culture, the Latino Hispanic culture through this book and through the eyes of a little girl. So, so there's another lesson within that. But, um, but I think too, once folks really read this book and especially talk about it with their kids, every child is going to say something different, which is what I love. If you ask a child, what did you learn about this book? You know, some people will say that it's, you know, celebrating loved ones who have passed away. Other kids will say, you know, you've got to be bold and daring like Lupita because that's how she survived what she went through during this book. So there's so many layers to be to be opened, essentially. Uh, but those are the two main lessons that, that I think folks should take away from it. But again, I think of this book as, as a little art piece and every single person is going to take something differently away from it depending on their history and depending on their culture and family situation as well. Awesome. I really love that, um, especially because I know in our centers, we really like to put um, a lot of focus on celebrating all of the children's individual cultures and give them that opportunity to express, you know, things that are going on at home and include their families in that as well. So I really love that. And um, you are also a dream guide. Can you tell us a little bit about how you started on your own dream journey and when you decided to share your passion with others? I know we touched on that a little bit, but can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. That's a good question. And it really ties into the second book. So, so I think that's great. So let me take a big step back here. Whenever I was very little, uh, you know, kindergarten, I used to have so many dreams and these dreams were very vivid and super creative and just colorful. And I just remember thinking, wow, these are amazing. These must mean something, but I don't know what they mean. So even when I was that little, I just was so attracted to my dreams so much so that I started writing them down. I would have just journals and journals of 
my dreams. And my mom started noticing that I had an interest in it. So she got me my first dream dictionary. So what I started doing was I would, I would look at my dream and I'm like, okay, let's go to the dream dictionary. And I would use that to help me. But what I started noticing was that the dream dictionary is so perfectly written for the person that essentially is the author, right? It, it talks about what symbols represent them. It talks about the history that they've had, their culture, their experiences. And essentially, it's a book of interpretations for dreams before that person. So I started realizing that I had to essentially understand my own dream language, knowing that my dreams have a different meaning from other people's because of my experiences and, and different um, differences like that. So when I started seeing that, I, you know, not only did I start writing down my dreams even more, but I started exploring what I was feeling during the dreams and what they meant to me. So I did that for quite some time. But then I tell you, I, I went through a tough time about college uh, during the time of college where everything was so uncertain, everything was so uncertain. And I would still get so many vivid dreams, but there came a point because of my immigration status that I had to leave the country. And when I left the country, you know, I had to go to Mexico. And the idea was, if you go through this interview process and if you fill out the right paperwork, and if you answer the questions the right way, then you get to come back to the United States. But if I didn't do well during the interview or for whatever reason, um, the officer felt that I did not qualify to come back home to the United States, I would be left in Mexico. And although I have some family there, I hadn't been back to Mexico in 28 years. So I was just terrified. I was terrified that I would have to stay there. And I remember so clearly having a dream before even going to Mexico. And in the dream, I saw myself coming back home, but my case was extended. So I had to stay there for about an extra week in the dream. But at the end of the day, everything was okay. And this is what really clicked for me. Whenever I went to Mexico, that exact thing happened. My case was extended because they lost it. And when they lost it, I was terrified. But I remembered, I'm like, okay, I had this dream and the dream said that the case would be extended. So I will still be okay. But underneath that, there was still so much fear because I, I wanted to come back and see my family, all of the rest of my families in the United States. And well, I've been here for 28 years, so I needed to come back home. Uh, but that dream really was hopeful for me. It provided hope. And when I started seeing that dream become a reality, when I was in front of the officer and they said, you're accepted, you're going back home. I just, you know, I started crying. I was so excited. And, and it was at that moment that I promised myself that I wouldn't ignore those dreams any longer. And because I made myself that promise, I also realized that because the dreams helped me, because using them to guide me helped me so deeply and so much throughout my life, and especially during the moment that I needed some serious encouragement more than at any other moment, I decided that it was time to share that. And to be honest with you, it was really scary sharing this information at first because, you know, even though I studied psychology, when I was studying psychology, no one in my class was really interested in dreams. When people started talking about uh, Sigmund Freud's uh, theory on dreams or our Jung's theory of dreams, people would just kind of ignore that. But I was so intrigued because I saw that there was so much more to dreams and you know, I have a different view of them than Sigmund Freud does and that Jung has. 
Uh, but either way, I've been able to use some of their teachings to help me. And so that's what I do now. I, I really focus on sharing the significance of dreams with other people, because what you'll see is that when you have a particular dream, especially one that really bothers you, that bothers you to your core, those are just dreams alerting us of the things we need to bring more love and attention to in waking state. And, you know, for children, oftentimes they come about in a form of nightmare. And what ends up happening is that if we ignore this nightmare and we tell the child, don't worry, it's just a dream. What they do is that, number one, they start, you know, they stop paying attention to their dreams. And then number two, it's a disconnect between the child and their subconscious, which which is something that, that's really tough to do because then when the child does become older and they start getting dreams again, they won't understand what the dream means to them because they didn't pay attention to it before. So when I started realizing how important this was, I decided to start talking about it and really share it. And in 2018, that was when I wrote my first book, Lupita and the Magic of Mexico. And even then, I was a bit afraid to share about dreams. But as I started going to the schools, like I shared with you earlier, when other kids started asking about that, I just knew I'm like, this is this is a sign. There's something to this. Um, and so I continued that. I continued that journey. And I still continue it now. And what I've seen happen now is that so many adults are interested in exploring their dreams further. And so that's why I talk about them and I do my various videos on them. And now I offer uh, dream consultations for families, for children and at schools, which which to me is, is the most fun thing because that's when we get to do dream circles with the kids and we get to explore all these amazing dreams that they're having. So, it, you know, I'm still on the journey and I just want to invite other people to join me on it so that way we can understand ourselves better and use our dreams to guide us in waking states. I really love that. Um, and, you know, each time you tell me your story, I get, I get goosebumps, I'll be honest. And oh. it's, just, <laughs> it's so inspiring. And I think it's definitely something that a lot of people can relate to. Um, you know, I, I definitely can relate to, you know, each dream being unique to the dreamer, because I, at one point I did buy, I think it was, I don't know, called the dream dictionary for dummies or something like that. And <laughs> I, I have found that, you know, um, you know, from going to your TikTok lives and, and being there that, um, that all the dream, the dreams are definitely unique and each thing can mean something different to the, to the dreamer. And it's not like a one size fits all type of thing. So I really love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the ways that I, I love explaining it, it's like our fingerprints, right? We, we all have fingerprints. That's something we all have in common, but they're all very unique. And that's the same thing with dreams. They're all very unique to us, like, like you just described. And one of the main things with dreams is that you just have to connect with how you're feeling during the dream, because essentially that's what's upholding the dream. And that's what's going to be guiding the dreamer. So, uh, you know, it's not only fun to do to understand what your dream means, but that connection with yourself and with your feelings is going to help you in waking state to just be more aware of what you're feeling and be able to take yourself to that peaceful place whenever you need to. So, so I do find that it's just such a beautiful practice for your dreams, but also the benefits it has for you in waking state are, are just beautiful and, and they're unbelievable at times as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've, I've learned so much. Um, I've been doing, uh, interpreting my, trying to interpret and figure out my dreams, uh, for the past, say like two or three years. And it's, 
it's really just helped me so much just try and, you know, if there's something going on and my, you know, my conscious waking state, um, it's, you know, even helped me, um, resolve, um, I, I think I have, um, my aunt who I hadn't talked to in a long time and we rekindled our relationship and it was just such a really meaningful experience that I, I won't forget. So I really love that. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful, Val. And and those are the kinds of stories that inspire me, right? They inspire me to keep going because once I see that other people benefit from it, just like I did, it's like, you know, it just fuels the fire. I'm like, let's keep this going, you know? So thank you so much for sharing that. Exactly. I love it. Um, so when we've talked before, I know we touched on this a little bit. Um, you've mentioned that there isn't really a lot of, of focus on dreams, especially as as children. And that nightmares can often be disregarded as, you know, don't worry about it. It was just a dream. What are some common dreams that children tend to have and how can parents better support their children with their dreams? That's a great question, Val. So one of the main ones I hear a lot, and this is with children, but also uh, actually with adults, which is very interesting. So it's dreams of being chased. Oftentimes the child will say, you know, I don't know what it was, but something was chasing me. And oftentimes they feel so much fear within this dream because they're trying to outrun something. And this dream is really just such a loving alert. And it's a beautiful dream, actually, because what it is, is it's just saying that the child right now is feeling like they have to outrun something. There's a lot of pressure on the child at the moment. So one of the things that parents can do, especially if your child says, you know, I had a dream, somebody was chasing me. You want to ask more questions. This is this is the key here. Ask them the question of, you know, what does that feeling remind you of in waking? Where have you felt the same? And what you're going to notice is that they're going to pinpoint a situation. They may say, you know what? I feel this nervous. I feel like this when I'm around this person or when I'm in this particular situation. And once they're able to answer those questions, you as the parent will be able to help them understand where that dream is coming from. And the really cool thing here is too, is whenever a, a child is feeling this, uh, this energy of being chased, sometimes it can also be pressure that is being put on that child. So for example, let's say you as the parent have really been pushing your child to do something in particular, and maybe for whatever reason, they don't really want to do it, but you're like, come on, just keep on, keep on. And, and maybe us as the parent, we're putting a little too much pressure on the child. Well, for the child, it's going to come up in dream state, but it's going to come up in a very dramatic way. So it can look like somebody is chasing the child. So it's really important that we just remember that it doesn't mean that someone in, in waking state is essentially trying to harm them in a physical way, although sometimes it can mean this. But more than anything, it's a loving alert inviting us to look at those feelings. Where does the child feel similar to this in waking? And now that I know where it's coming from, the next question is, what am I going to do about this? Because, you know, just the fact that we know where the, where the dream is coming from is not enough. We need to go a step further and we need to provide some solutions, some loving support for the child. And this is really amazing because once you start this conversation, the child will then be able to pick up on these things and they will be able to understand what their dreams mean. They will be able to make this connection and then they're going to be able to use their dreams to guide them. And one last thing I'll, I'll say here too is with any nightmare, anytime a child has a nightmare, it's literally the self just saying, I have pain with this. I have worry with this. And it's simply the parent's role 
to help them connect it to waking. And this is with any nightmare at all. And just know that once you're able to connect it to the situation, then you as the parent can do something about it. And I've, I've always said this too, that oftentimes when a child is going through a really tough time in their family unit, it will come up as a nightmare. And oftentimes you've, you've probably heard this, uh, nightmares can reveal something about the child, but maybe the child is too fearful to really talk about in waking state. So this is essentially a little window to start that conversation. But bottom line, we want to bring some love to this. We want to make sure the child is not fearful, but instead understands what the nightmare means and can connect it to the situation in waking. And, and lastly, I'll say this part because I can keep going on, as you can tell. Um, but, but this process will also help the parents. You're going to start to notice your dreams, your nightmares, and you're going to start understanding what they mean to you as well. I love that. And I was actually just thinking that I, I really wish that, you know, for me personally, I had more focus on, on dreams when I was a child, because I feel like it, it really could have been beneficial. Um, and recently I actually had a dream that was very similar to one that I do. Like, I only remember like maybe like one or two things from when I was a child, but there was a dream that I actually, I had a very similar dream a couple of nights ago that I'm like, wow, that's, that's really, that's really crazy. And, uh, yeah. Um, so Allie, I know you have, uh, young kids. Have you experienced any of these things with them? And thanks for, I've just been listening in and really enjoying all of this. Um, so thank you for all that, um, you guys are sharing and it's just, it's to me, it definitely brings up some stuff. I, of course, everything that um, Carolina has been saying, I'm just thinking, oh yeah, something that happened the other day. And one thing that definitely comes to mind, I mean, dreams are sort of a big deal. I've got two young girls and in our family, we just really use it as a, a fun point of conversation. We did, um, you know, I have a lullaby I sing to the girls every night and for a long time my daughter was convinced that if I didn't sing it it would then she wouldn't have good dreams that night <laughs> because it's a, it's um it's about it's basically a dream about a dream catcher and then she has some dream catchers on the wall um and so for a little while my older child did have some some bad dreams and I honestly think it was about one or two nights tops but you know that it rattled her enough that she was very concerned with going to bed and having bad dreams for a little while so we created this little routine um, and then, you know, sometimes we'll talk before bed about what we're grateful for and what we want to have dreams about. <laughs> and then for me, it's just so fun to get that little window as you put it into what she wants to dream about. What does she, what does she love? What does she want to experience in the night? Um, so I just think that's really, it's a really fun thing in our, in our lives to talk about. And, but what's less common is actually having them remember their dreams. And now I'm really interested in trying to dig in on that. You know, sometimes I ask and I try to fish around and of course they don't always remember, but do you have any advice on how to, how to get them to remember their dreams or how to, um, yeah, just lean into that a little bit because now I'm just so curious. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what happens once we start talking about dreams and, and really understanding them deeper, you're like, Oh, I just, I want to know more. And and it's great because you get to learn more about them, but also about yourself through the process. So one of the main things really is just talking about dreams. Like with anything else, the more attention you give it, the more that you talk about it, the more that you will begin to see that in your life. So I think, Ali, that you're doing a really beautiful job, actually, because you are having this conversation with your girls. And not only that, but you've taken it a step further where one of them, you know, if they're having bad dreams, you ask them, well, what do you want to dream about? 
that is incredibly powerful because what you're doing there is you're allowing them not only to share with you what they want to see in dream state, but also you're essentially setting an intention before going to bed. And once they're able to set the intention and then see the dream and then wake up and remember it, that is such a powerful connection with the self. So number one, keep talking about dreams because that's going to help you. And the best thing is to ask them when they wake up. So as soon as you wake up, you're starting to have breakfast, just make it a regular conversation. What did you dream last night? And if they don't remember what they dream, it's okay. But just ask them, well, how are you feeling? Because oftentimes what happens is the child may not remember the full scope of the dream, but they will wake up with a feeling. Sometimes they'll wake up feeling happy, sometimes a little bit concerned or worried, but we still want to grasp that. We want to grasp the emotion that they're waking up with because that's also going to help. And now the last thing that you can do, uh, because we, we've got several items, but this is one of the top ones too, is when you go to bed, if you're if you're already setting your intention for having a beautiful dream and all of that, make sure you also include in there. And I want to remember my dream. All right. The more that you say this, the more that your mind, your body, and your yourself will begin to realize that this is important for you. And again, it will start to remind you because you're saying it out loud, you're talking about it, and even more so if you write it. So Ali, if you're interested, you can get your girls just a journal, any journal that they like, that they think is cute. And when they do remember a dream, have them write it down and have them, you know, explore the feelings. Uh, who was with them? What were they feeling? What were they doing? Those kinds of things, because you can also learn so much about a child depending on what it is that they're doing within the dream. Are they active within the dream? Are they creating or are they more of the observer? Because this is going to reflect on how they're living waking state and how they perceive their control in their world. So this is really important. And this is the last thing I'll share because again, I, I can be very chatty with this, but this exercise is really fun. If, uh, if you want them to remember their dreams even more, ask them to pick out their favorite dream, their favorite dream that they've ever had ever in their little life and ask them to draw or paint it. And what you're doing in this process is you're allowing the child to remember the dream, but also pick up on those beautiful feelings that they were feeling as they're remembering this and they're creating this beautiful art piece from it. So this, again, is just another practice to deepen the connection with their dreams. So I really encourage this and you'll find that this one is really fun. And then you just get to have them on your wall and it's a constant reminder of those beautiful dreams and it will encourage more of that and it will encourage them to remember. Thank you. That's so helpful and fun sounding. I know my daughters would love, especially that last one, trying to draw a picture. And what I can think of is, you know, even if they don't remember what they dreamed about, sometimes I love asking anyway, because they, sometimes they say, oh, I don't remember, but sometimes they just make something up and I can tell that they're making it up on the spot, but that's just as fun for me because then they're just sharing something really interesting about what they might've wished they dreamed about. And it's, can be very cute. So I could imagine um, that happening with the artwork as well, just sort of imagining something. So even if, um, you know, in the meantime, if they're not remembering their dreams all the time, it's still a uh, window into what they're, what they're thinking about and just a really fun experience. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And yes, you're absolutely right. Even if they don't remember it, they can, you know, they can paint whatever it is that they wish they could dream. And they're, you're right. There's just so much information within that artwork. It's just, it's rich. It's just rich and full of information. Yeah. And it actually, that reminded me when I was younger, I actually, I think we did, I did like a, um, a lot of like clay art 
And then like also created things like using sand. And even if the, you know, a child can't communicate verbally what, what they're feeling, I think sometimes seeing those things, either, you know, whether it be painting or like a sculpture or something like that can really have a lot of insight into, you know, what they're feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're absolutely really about that. And and it's just such a beautiful experience too. It's a moment again to connect with uh, with yourself, with your children, if you're doing it with them, or even if you're doing a family activity, it really just brings folks together in a different kind of way. So so definitely that's a great point, Val. Awesome. Um is um if there if there was one thing that you wish more people knew about dreams, what would it be? Oh, that that is a tough one because you know I I love, if there was one thing I'd want people to know, I'd want them to know how powerful their dreams are and how they can use them to guide them in waking state. Because, you know, oftentimes we don't realize how powerful we are individually and and we disregard all of this beautiful information that a dream offers us. And so much of the time I hear somebody say, oh, I have this dream. And to them, they think it's nothing. But once they explore it, and, and they explain what they're feeling, they find so much richness in it. So I really wish that people would know how powerful their dreams are and that they can use them to guide them in waking state. And what I mean by that too, is that, you know, not only is it an insight to how you're doing, uh, but also the dreams can be used as a way to increase the things you want to be doing more of in waking state. So so for example, if you're able to have a dream where you're aware that you're dreaming, those are called lucid dreams. Let's say that you decide in this dream that you want to create different things. You want to explore different worlds. Well, as you're having all of this fun in dream state, you're essentially creating things. You're having a desire for something and you're changing it. You're making these beautiful creations. So all of this beautiful practice really begins to reflect in the way that you live your life you will start seeing that you're a little bit more creative. Solutions come to you a little bit quicker because you've been practicing it in dream state while you've been asleep and in the most deepest level of yourself. So there's just so many different levels to dreams and they're so powerful in so many ways if you know how to use them to benefit your life. And, and I really hope that if, if folks are listening to this, that's one thing that they connect with and, and that they are curious, right? That they'd be curious to explore their dream world further. Yes, absolutely. And it's, I know for me personally, it's been, it's been life-changing just being able to apply the things that I'm dreaming about to my, my real life to understand myself better. Um, I love that. I and love that. you are, you're actually working on a um, dream book for adults. Would you be able to give us a little teaser about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, look, Val, I am so bad at keeping secrets for myself. <laughs> yeah, whenever it has to do with, with the books, I'm an open book. And that, that's not always a good thing for this. But, you know, I I just have such a desire to, to share a book with adults because I've done two for children and I connect with the kids. And it's it's such a beautiful experience. And one of the things I've noticed is that the parents start asking, they're like, well, what about me? Like, how am I going to learn about dreams through a children's book? And they kind of chuckle sometimes. And I tell them, like, you'd be surprised how much you can learn from the children's book. And once I read it to them, uh, it's always a fun process. But I thought to myself, I said, Carolina, 
You've got to make this more accessible for adults. And, and so that's why I'm working on the adult version of Lupita and Her Magical Dreams. And it's going to be called My Dream Guide. And it's a guide to use your dreams to help you have a better life in waking state. It's as simple as that. Uh, but it's going to be a very different book. It's not, it's not your typical dream book. It's really going to be just a guide, a guide for you to be able to follow that really explores the dream world. It explores the dream world, how you can remember your dreams, how specifically different strategies and practices that you can use to use your dreams to guide you, but also to have a more loving life. So it's just going to be packed full of information. If if you've followed me on YouTube or on my TikTok lives, you'll know that I'm always talking about something about dreams, something new about them, a new practice that I'm, you know, that I'm working on. And all of that is going to be included in this book. And I'm just so grateful that I'm able to put this together because, you know, I think bottom line for me, it's, it's sharing this with other people, but I just think we'd all be better people if, if we used our dreams in that way, because we get an insight to how we're really doing and what we really need to work on. So, so for me, this, this book is going to be a gift for myself and my family, but also to all those people out there who are interested in getting to know themselves better and to use their dreams to help them. I love that. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I, I will definitely find that when it comes out. So you're going to have to let me know. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll definitely let you know. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm actually today now, today was one of the big writing days. I'm almost, I'm oh, almost yeah, done with the writing. Yeah. And then a little, it'll go to our editor, but as you know, I always translate the book because I have them available in English and in Spanish. So more to come, but definitely will be, um, it'll be released sometime mid 2022. Awesome. Yeah. And I definitely think that would be helpful for both our educators uh, and our families and, and, and parents. Cause uh, as you said, you know, I, I think a lot of adults are looking to, um, you know, do some dream interpretation on their own, especially if they're helping their children. So I think that's, that's really awesome. Absolutely. And lastly, um, you know, if you could tell our audience, um, where, where can they connect with you to learn more? Where can they find your books? Yeah. Thank you, Val. So, uh, to get my books, you can simply just go to Amazon or you can go to my website. Everything is on my website actually. So that's www.lupitainspires.com. And you'll find on there a link to purchase both of my books. You'll also find all of my socials on there. I'm very active on YouTube and especially TikTok. So if you're interested in lives and in connecting with our beautiful Dream Team family, then uh, TikTok Live is going to be the app for you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and we'll definitely be able, um, for sure, we will uh, put down those links in our footnotes, in our description that way. Uh, folks can go ahead and connect with you there. But um, yeah, we're, we are super appreciative of you taking your time to, to share your experiences with us. Um, it's, it's been very inspiring. And I, as I said, I, I, uh, I love hearing it time and time and again. And I just think that so many people will be able to connect with it. So um, we're so happy you were able to join us today and we really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you so Carol. much. Thank you, Allie. Thank you it, so much. It has been my pleasure. I appreciate the both of you. You all are doing amazing work and uh, I applaud you for all of the efforts you're putting into, into all of this. So thank you very much. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Shine, inspiring conversations around children, family, and early child development. Please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and connect with us. You can find us at catalystkids.org slash shine.